continue to clap your hands into the wonderful name of the Lord Jesus. Lift up your voice with that hand clap. Hallelujah, Jesus. We magnify you, Lord. We praise you, Jesus. From the rising of the sun until the going down of the same, your name is to be praised. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Oh, that's all right. Go ahead and give God the praise that he is worthy of. Come on, the Bible says to praise him according to his excellent greatness. If you believe that God is great, go ahead and give him great praise here today. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh, praise God. The Bible says that where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. And surely the presence of the Lord is in this house. It's the reason why we feel the liberty and the freedom to praise and worship God. There are some places that you go, some religions, Christian religions, that if you sneeze, they'll look at you like you're crazy. And that was before 2020. But thank God that we're not in that kind. And I understand those who, who believe that they're being respectful and they believe in reverence. And so I'm not picking on anybody today. But I am thankful that we are able to respond the way that we feel, the way that we believe. And we are able to live in a country, as has already been mentioned, those who've made tremendous sacrifices for us to be able to celebrate and to rejoice and to praise God based upon our own conscience and what the word of God teaches us. So I wonder if one more time on this Pentecost Sunday, on this Memorial Day weekend, if somebody can lift up your hands and lift up your voice and thank God for the privilege that you have to praise him. Jesus, we love you, Lord. It is truly an honor to be in your house. It's humbling to be in your presence. Oh, God, because you have given us life to breathe. Your word says that everything that has breath praise you. Thank you, Lord, for the liberty that we have because of your spirit, because we live in a country that believes in religious freedom. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege that we have today. Praise God. Praise God. Once again, can you clap your hands into the wonderful name of Jesus? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. There is such a tremendous level of faith that is here today. And I believe that while you have been worshiping and praising God, the Lord has been touching. He has been healing. And I won't be surprised if somebody, amen, would make a doctor's appointment and the doctor would come back and tell you that condition that you had, that disease, that disorder is gone. Because I believe that the Holy Ghost is moving in this house. Oh, praise God. If you're thankful to be in the house of the Lord, you're thankful that the Lord is here today and that you're not the only living soul here this morning. Why don't you turn to two or three people? Let somebody know how glad you are to see them in the house of God today. Especially to all of our guests. Thank you for being here, all of our guests. Praise God. I know that there have been uh, there would be many things that you could be doing 
on this Memorial Day weekend, but thank you for being in the house of the Lord here this morning. We're going to have a great time here tonight, but I understand some might have to get on the road, might have to catch a flight, but we're going to have a good time tonight, just like we're having here this morning. Is anybody having a good time? How many of you appreciate the praise team? I mean, my Lord, that praise team. They took me back to my Memphis days with that last song. I began to remember one Pentecost Sunday. We had people baptized from the beginning of service to an hour after service. From the very first song, people were getting baptized. We had churches from different denominations, and the Holy Ghost poured out. And I'll never forget one particular church that my pastor had me to work with while I was still evangelizing. We would open up our building early in the morning for them, and then I would go preach in Tennessee and uh, remain in the field. But there was one particular lady that was from that particular church that was with us on that day. And she said, this must be how it was on the day of Pentecost. I mean, people did not stop getting baptized for three hours. And I'll just never forget, they started off with that song, Baptize Me Jesus with the Holy Ghost. I shall have power. Your word says so. Satan is busy. You don't have to believe in the devil. But I can tell you, Satan is busy trying to turn this preacher around. But I'm determined to stand my ground. But I can't do it. You might be able to do it. You might be able to do it. You might be able to do it. But I can't do it unless you baptize me. Does anybody, amen, got that kind of testimony that you can't make it without the Lord? Come on, somebody, the enemy has tried to keep you from being here right now, here today. But you're here as a testimony that the devil is a liar. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Come on, somebody. We can't do it on our own. But with the power of the Holy Ghost, the Bible says, amen, all things are possible. The Bible says that we can do all things through Christ uh, who gives us strength. Uh, if you believe that, can you clap your hands and can you shout, uh, baptize me, Jesus. Come on, somebody shout, baptize me, Jesus. Praise God. Well, if you don't know, now you know. You are in a Pentecostal church. Praise God. Tell somebody, tell them, I feel the Holy Ghost today. Tell them the Holy Spirit is God himself. Ha-ha. <laughs> Amen. God is a moving God. The Bible tells us that when the world was in chaos, the Spirit of the Lord began to move upon the face of the waters. God is an act of God. If you go to Bush Stadium and Goldie hits a home run, or Norlin Gorman hits a home run, or Contreras hits a home run, I guarantee you, you're going to move if you're a Cardinals fan. If you're not a Cardinals fan, you need to leave right now. You need to come to this altar. Come on now. Hey, we're, we're starting right now. <laughs> Dodgers, all right. If the Dodgers... Come on now, somebody from the Dodgers hits a home run. That, because he's a Dodgers friend, he got out of the eye. But I can remember two years ago when condemnation was trying to weigh him down. He made his way down to this altar. Because when the Spirit of God begins to move, 
whether you're a Cardinals fan or a Dodgers fan or just a Jesus fan, you're going to move. It's going to make it get out. Thank you for that illustration. It's going to make it do something. Can somebody shout, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Pastor Zavocha will pay you later for that. That was just perfect. Praise God. Amen. If you have your Bibles, I would like to direct your attention to the book of Joel, chapter 2, on this Pentecost Sunday. How many know that every Sunday is a Pentecost Sunday for a Pentecostal church? Amen. But we do thank the Lord for this day and for this Memorial Day weekend. To all of those who have served our country, I know that Memorial Day is the time that we honor our fallen heroes, but I also believe it's important to show appreciation to those who have served our country while they are alive. And if you have served in our nation's military, we want to give you honor here today and say thank you for fighting for our freedom. Can somebody shout thank you, Jesus? Amen. So good to have my son with me here today. Two weeks ago, he graduated high school down there in Pensacola, Florida. Amen. Go ahead and clap your hands for him. If, I know you got your Bibles in hand, but amen. It was not easy. It's a challenge. He's a smart young man, but he did it and uh, brought tears to this guy's eyes. And I ain't too tough to, to shed a tear. I just thank God for my son. He loves God, and the Lord's got great things in store for him. Amen. My wife must have known that I was going to brag on her today. As Pastor Sabocha mentioned yesterday, we celebrated 22 years completed full-time of evangelistic field. I asked her to quit her job over across the river there in St. Louis. She was working a, a great job. And I asked her to, to do that, to travel with me. And um, people say, Brother Hayden, you make a tremendous sacrifice. No, it's not me. It's my precious wife and my precious kids. And I just thank the Lord for my wife who apologizes that she's unable to be here. If you travel like we do, you understand that it ain't easy, but the devil is a liar. And I know that she's praying for this service, but I give honor to my precious wife. Amen. 23 years and 22 years having completed full time on the evangelistic field. Praise God. Can somebody shout, thank you, Jesus. Amen. Joel chapter 2, verses 28 and 29, and skipping down to verse number 32. Joel chapter 2, verse number 28, 29, verse number 32. I want to say how much I appreciate Pastor Sister Savocha. Amen. We love this wonderful couple that serves this church. I'm always enriched every time I'm around them. And I know that this church is truly blessed by your leadership and all of those that serve on the staff with them. We thank God for all the wonderful ministers. Amen. We appreciate you very much. Hence my shout. Amen. Joel chapter 2, verse number 28. If you have it, can you shout, I've got it. If you can see it on the screen, can you shout, I can see. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my Spirit, verse number 32, the verse part of verse number 32, and it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall 
be delivered. Just for a few moments here today, I want to preach to you on this subject, the message of Pentecost. The message of Pentecost. Sister Switzer, we give you honor. We thank God for you. Amen. Praise God. If you're thankful, amen, for what you feel here today, can you place your Bibles, your tablets, your smartphones down? And one more time, can you clap your hands and glorify the wonderful name of Jesus? We praise you, Lord. We glorify you, Jesus. We magnify you, Lord. Now, Lord, we ask that your anointing that's flowing in this house will continue to flow through the ministry of your word as it's already anointed. Anoint the message. Anoint the messenger. Anoint this congregation. And we pray, dear God, that you will pour out your spirit just like you did on that day. Do it today, Lord. We give you praise. We give you glory. Can somebody shout in Jesus' name? Can somebody shout it again? God bless you. You may be seated. Amen. The Bible says that this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. One of the reasons why we can rejoice today. It's because today, this is the day that most, if not all, Christian denominations recognize as the birthday of the church. Most biblical scholars, if not all biblical scholars, believe that the New Covenant, the New Testament church, did not have its beginning until the day of Pentecost. Yes, it was already in the mind of God. The church was in the mind of God before Christ was even born. It was certainly on the mind of Christ when he said, Upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. We know that at Calvary it had its conception. But the inception of the church wasn't until the day of Pentecost. It was a concept before Pentecost. But on the day of Pentecost, that conception was delivered and fully come. Amen. Luke, the physician turned early church historian, wrote in Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, Sister Frost has already quoted from this passage of Scripture. But it says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord. In one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. This is the day. This was the moment. When the church came into existence, not at Bethlehem where Christ was born, not at Calvary, amen, or at the empty tomb, but in an upper room in Jerusalem on the day of Pentecost. Amen. As I mentioned, most scholars, if not all biblical scholars, and most Christian denominations, no matter what their flavor is today, recognize that today is the day. That on the day of Pentecost, the church came into being. Pentecost was the second of Jewish festivals in the calendar year that was celebrated to commemorate the harvest. Jewish believers from all over made their pilgrimage to Jerusalem to participate in the event. It was at this festival that the Lord determined that he decided to pour out his spirit. 
Jesus had told his disciples to wait in the city of Jerusalem until they were endued with power from on high. Again, he told them to wait for the promise of the Father, which he has spoken to them about. He reminded them that John the Baptist had baptized people in water, but that they will be baptized in the Holy Spirit not many days from now. In just a few days, they were going to be baptized in the Spirit. But he told them they had to wait. Turn somebody and tell them, you've got to wait sometimes. It's a good thing they obeyed the Lord and made their way to that upper room in Jerusalem where they waited for the promise. Because when the day of Pentecost was fully come, their waiting was over. The only ones they ever had to wait to receive the Holy Spirit as long as the length of time that they had to wait was over when the day of Pentecost arrived. They were ready to receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. It happened suddenly and supernaturally. The Holy Spirit filled all the house where they were sitting, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit, the Spirit of God, gave them the ability to speak. It was there in Jerusalem in an upper room on that day of Pentecost, 50 days after Passover, 10 days after the resurrected Christ ascended into heaven, that the Holy Spirit was poured out on 120 believers who stayed to receive the promise. Luke tells us in the next few verses in Acts chapter 2 what happened, amen, next. He wrote that there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noise abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in his own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying to one another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? Are they not from northern Palestine? Are they not from small communities around the Sea of Galilee? Are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? The Bible lists about 16 or 17 nationalities of people who had come from all over, those who were either ethnic Jews or converts to Judaism. And the Bible says that they said these words, we do hear them speak in our own tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what meaneth this? Others mocking said, these men are full of of new wine because of the Jewish festival. People from all over, as I've mentioned before, had gathered together. Amen. This was a great way for that newborn church to be a witness to the world beginning at Jerusalem because people had gathered. Amen. The Spirit of God was poured out perfect timing. And as those began to hear their languages spoken, some spoke in Arabic, some spoke, amen, in Cretan, amen, spoke in, some spoke in different languages of where they came from. And they were all amazed that these unlearned Galileans were able to speak in their language. And they wondered, what can this possibly mean? What is this all about? Some began to mock, but there, amen, the Lord allowed there to be a witness uh, to people from all over the known world at that time uh, that this was something that was of God. 
Can I just stop right here and tell Apostolic Church of Belleville that the whole purpose of Pentecost is to be a witness to the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. That's what Pentecost is all about. That's the reason why we're here today to be a witness to the resurrection. It's more than just a theory, Sister Anna. But we understand through experience that Jesus Christ is not in a tomb in Jerusalem. Amen. He, his bones weren't stolen and buried in France. But ladies and gentlemen, we understand that Jesus is alive and well and that he sits on the throne because he has poured out his spirit. The whole purpose of Pentecost is to be a witness of the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Can somebody shout amen? amen? Luke records that when the multitude heard these 120 unlearned Galileans speaking in their language, they knew they hadn't gone to college. They knew they didn't take, amen, Arabic in high school. They knew that these individuals did not speak. There, there was no way possibly, no way, no how they could learn their language in such a short time. But yet here they were, 120 speaking in their language. They knew, amen, that these individuals were under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And they marveled. They were amazed, confused, puzzled, and wondered, what could this all mean? But when some began to mock that these men are full of new wine, that's when Peter said, hold on. <laughs> that's when, amen, uh, Peter and the, and the eleven uh, lifted up his voice. Uh, and he said unto them, ye men of Judea, and all ye that are, dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you. And hearken to my words, for these are not drunken as she suppose. Seeing it's just but the third hour of the day, it's just 9 a.m., it's just 9 o'clock in the morning. These are not drunk as she suppose, but this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last day. Joel said afterward, after what? After Jesus Christ died and was buried and come alive again. After Jesus came alive again, amen, the last days were ushered in. And Peter, amen, picked up on the words of Paul and said, This is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, that it shall come to pass in the last days that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and handmaidens, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. They can be saved. They have an opportunity to be saved if they will believe in Jesus Christ. When some began to mock, the Holy Spirit prompted Peter and the apostles to respond with the message. It was the message of Pentecost. It was the first message proclaimed by the early church. Turns to mind, tell him it was the first. Peter, under the fresh anointing of the Holy Spirit, took his text as we did today from Joel chapter 28 verses through verse number 32. And preached the gospel of Jesus Christ that day to the crowd that had gathered outside that upper room. Peter declared that what they were witnessing was not the result of alcoholic intoxication, but the fulfillment of a 600-year-old prophecy. Peter proclaimed that because of the work that Jesus Christ did on the cross, 
to bring us salvation, that he has poured out this which you now see and hear. Peter let them know that Jesus was the Messiah. He was the long-awaited anointed one who was crucified, who was buried in the tomb, but came alive again on the third day, and they were eyewitnesses. He had ascended back into heaven, and what he had promised, amen, not just when he said it to them, his disciples, but what he had promised in his words 600 years ago, that he will pour out his spirit upon all flesh, that that promise was being fulfilled. And Peter said, what you are seeing and what you are hearing is the outpouring pouring of the Holy Spirit. Can I remind somebody that when God pours out his spirit, it is something that we can witness. When somebody receives the Holy Ghost, uh, amen, you can witness it happening. You can see it, amen, starting to take place, but it's not only something that you can see, but it's also something that you can hear. Amen. It's more than just mental assent. It's more than just saying, I got Jesus in my heart uh, and I got a warm for it. No, no, no. It is something that people who are observing uh, can see uh, and it's something that they can hear. Peter said, uh, he has poured out this uh, because he went to Calvary, because he died and came alive again, uh, because he sits on the throne. Uh, he has poured out his spirit, uh, which you now see uh, and hear. And when the, perp when the people heard this, uh, when they heard the fact that Jesus of Nazareth, uh, who they had crucified, was both Lord and Christ, uh, they were convicted in their hearts. Uh, and they asked Peter and the rest of the apostles, uh, men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, repent. And be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, for the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Peter said, it's not just for us 120. It's not just for Mary, the mother of Jesus. It's not just for us apostles. Amen. There's at least 20 names that we know that were in that upper room. But there were 100 people that we don't know their names. Amen. Just average individuals like you and I. But even they received. He said, amen, if you will repent also, if you will be baptized in water in the only saving name of Jesus Christ, you too can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For it is a promise to you. You don't have to be a Pentecostal. You don't have to look like me, dress like me, act like me, be as good looking as you think you are. Amen. If you will just believe and turn to God and be baptized, you can receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Can I tell somebody here today that the message of Pentecost is that the promise is for all. For everybody, that's as true today as it was back on the day of Pentecost. The message is still the same and hasn't changed. The message of Pentecost is that it is for everybody. If you believe that, if you're thankful that you are included in that, if you're thankful that your family is included in that, can somebody clap your hands and can you give God praise here today? Hallelujah. I hasten to a close, but before I close, there are three things that we would like to point out to you to bring to your attention here this morning concerning 
what happened on the day of Pentecost and what Peter preached that first message and what Pentecost means for us today. When they heard different ones speaking in their languages, they asked the question, what does this mean? And Peter began to give them an explanation underneath the power of the Holy Ghost. And so if you allow me to, there are four things that I want to bring to your attention about what happened on that day and what Peter preached and what Pentecost means for us right here, right now. First of all, I would submit to you that the message of Pentecost is uniting and inclusive. Secondly, I would bring to your attention that the message of Pentecost is dynamic and inspiring. The message of Pentecost leads to salvation and discipleship. And finally, I will submit to you that the message of Pentecost is uplifting and empowering. Somebody said, Brother Hagin, you don't know how to count. That's eight. <laughs> Amen. They're coupled together. Amen. The message of Pentecost, I will submit to you, should be uniting and not divisive. I said the message of Pentecost should bring people together in one accord instead of causing people to be against one another. That's what happened on the day of Pentecost. Amen. Those 120 were together. They were in one accord, in one place. But not only were those 120 who were Jewish, who were from Galilee, from northern Palestine, but people came from all over the world. And ladies and gentlemen, what happened on the day of Pentecost caused people to come together. It did not matter their cultural differences. It did not matter, amen, the different language that they spoke. It did not matter what different part of the world they lived in. Amen. The message of Pentecost brought them all together. We have too much division in our world. We have too much division in our country. And unfortunately, we have too much division in our churches. But what the message of Pentecost is all about is all about bringing people together. Amen. It should unite us, not divide us. It is a message that is uniting and is inclusive. Now, I know when some people hear that word, they're like, oh, what do you mean by inclusive? It's not inclusive in the sense that the world defines the word. The world just says it doesn't matter who you are, how you live, we'll condone anything. We are to be accepting of people. But God does not leave us the way that we are. He loves the sinner, even though he does not condone the sin. He hates the sin, but he loves the sinner. Can I tell somebody, the Lord doesn't want to leave you the way that you are. This world says it doesn't matter. Just be who you be. Amen. Love who you love. It doesn't matter. Amen. We're not going to judge you. We're not here to judge anybody. Amen. But I'm not talking about inclusive as the world defines it, but inclusive in the sense that it does not exclude anybody from the opportunity to receive salvation. I said the message of Pentecost, it brings people together. It does not exclude anybody from the opportunity to experience the goodness and the mercy and the grace of God, to experience forgiveness, to experience the power of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says that the Lord is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Can I tell somebody here today that anybody who believes that Jesus Christ is their Lord and Savior and comes to an altar of repentance can be baptized in his name and fill with his spirit. I said anybody who, you don't have to be a Pentecostal. You don't have to have it all together. You don't have to be perfect. I come and tell somebody, you don't get good to get God. You get God to get good. Amen. If you believe, you can receive. For the promise is unto you and to your children 
and to all that are afar off. Can somebody clap your hands and can somebody shout hallelujah? Can I remind us here today that we don't determine who or how many he calls. I said we don't determine who he calls. We don't determine how many he calls. He determines who he calls. So if God wants to save your neighbor, amen, he can call them to repentance. If God wants to save your co-worker, he can, if God wants to save somebody who's got a different political persuasion than you, he can save them. Amen. God is not an elephant and he's not a donkey and he don't care which one you're right on. He rolls with grace. He rolls with mercy. I come to tell somebody here today, amen, that our God can save you no matter how much is in your bank account. Our God can save you no matter how high a level of education you have. Our God can save you no matter how long you've been coming to church or how long you haven't been coming to church. If today is your first day, he called you, and if he called you, he can save you. That's what the message of Pentecost is all about. Is anybody thankful for that? Can you clap your hands and can somebody shout Hallelujah. He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. The Bible tells us on the day of Pentecost, those 120 who gathered in that upper room, that they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Ladies and gentlemen, all means all. Every one of them, every last one of them received the Holy Ghost. And I personally believe that there were some children in that upper room who could comprehend. They, they probably didn't know what all was going on. But when the Spirit of God moved in there, I believe that there were some children just like that young lady. Just like both of those young ladies came down to this altar and began to praise God. I believe there were some children in that upper room that received the Holy Ghost. The Bible says they all began to speak in tongues. And we can have an assurance that the additional 3,000 who gladly received and believed the message that day were and were baptized also received the gift of the Holy Ghost just like the 120 did. Because the message of Pentecost is uniting and inclusive. The message of Pentecost is dynamic and inspiring even when convicting. It is dynamic because of the work of the Holy Spirit and inspiring while convicting at the same time because of the power of the gospel. When the crowd saw the demonstration of the Spirit, <laughs> amen, when they heard the gospel preached, uh, they were convicted and asked the question, which led to a response. Uh, because, ladies and gentlemen, not only is the message of Pentecost uh, dynamic and inspiring, uh, but the message of Pentecost will always lead people to the Bible plan of salvation, which is after a person believes that Jesus Christ is their Savior, Amen. The Bible plan of salvation is repentance. Water baptism in Jesus' name for the complete forgiveness for the remission of sins and receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is accompanied by speaking in tongues as the Spirit gives the utterance. Ladies and gentlemen, when they ask the question, what shall we do? Amen. We hear you preaching, Peter. Amen. We, hear, we see the man standing beside you, supporting you. You are the ones that saw the resurrected Christ. We believe that this Jesus of Nazareth was more than just a man, uh, but that he died and came alive again just as you said. Uh, you have seen him. Uh, we believe now, Peter, that he is Lord in Christ. Uh, so what shall we do? Uh, and Peter said it to them, uh, and he's still speaking in 2023. 
the word of God has not changed. The one who was given the keys to the kingdom. If it said that he was the first pope, where well, here's the first message of the first pope. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost because the promise is for you. Does anybody believe the word of the Lord today? Can we stand all over this house and give God praise? But it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. That was just the new birth experience. That was just initiation into the door to enter into the kingdom, to be born again of water and spirit. But Luke went on to tell us what they continued on to do after the day of Pentecost. He wrote in verse number 42 that they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers because the message of Pentecost leads to salvation and discipleship. Hey, man, they weren't just baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost and say, you know what, thank you, hey, man, we had a good time, see you later. But they continued in the apostles' doctrine. Can somebody say the apostles' doctrine? Here at Apostolic Church of Belleville, we believe in the apostles' doctrine because they were the ones that sat at his feet for three years. They continued in fellowship, breaking the bread, prayers. That's why you need connection. That's why you need community. That's why you need the body. That's why we come together in times like this and in prayers because the message of Pentecost leads to salvation and discipleship. And ladies and gentlemen, I will submit to you that the message of Pentecost is also uplifting and empowering. Jesus said, ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Ye shall be witnesses unto me. Amen. It has been proven through secular studies and research done by major universities, professors and scholars, secular scholars, that the message of Pentecost has lifted people from all over the world, especially in Africa and in South America. It has lifted people from all over the world out of crime, poverty, and various addictions. I read an article last year in the Wall Street Journal that talked about how Pentecost has spread like a wildfire all over the world, especially in Latin America. And that article is talking about how the Catholic Church was losing people because of young, young, the younger generation and younger members and because of the pandemic. But not only are they losing people just to secularism, but they're mainly losing people to Pentecostalism and spirit-filled churches. Matter of fact, that article in the Wall Street Journal talked about the former president of Brazil. Brazil has, if I'm not mistaken, the largest concentration of Catholics. But it did an article on how the president of Brazil, even though he claimed to be Catholic, was baptized at a Pentecostal church. His wife was a Baptocostal. And that a third of his cabinet were spirit-filled people. There's another book, and the author is a secular author, so she doesn't believe she's really not a Christian, but she's traveled all over the world to Pentecostal, charismatic, spirit-filled type churches. And she wrote a book, if I'm not mistaken, the name of it is called Beyond Belief, how Pentecostal Christianity is taking over the world. That's the title, how Pentecostal Christianity has taken over the world. She's been in mud huts. She's been in palaces. She's been in all kind of settings but where Pentecost is changing hearts and lives because the message of Pentecost is uplifting and it is empowering. Can I tell somebody that's what it's all about? I said that's what the message of Pentecost is all about. 
If you are here this morning and you have not yet received the wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in another language as the Spirit of God gives you the ability, if you've never received the gift of the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, then I want you to know that you can today. I said you can today. Or maybe you're watching online. Maybe you're watching live or maybe you're going to be watching this archive. I want you to know if you have never received the gift of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues, as the Spirit of God gives the evidence, you can receive the Holy Ghost right where you are today. And here's the good news. You don't have to go to Jerusalem to receive it. You don't have to wait. Only those that had to wait were those of the day of Pentecost. The Samaritans had to wait for Peter and John because Peter had the keys. But it wasn't a long travel. It wasn't 10 days like on the day of Pentecost. The Gentiles, the Italian band, Cornelius, they had to wait for Peter to get there. He had to get past his prejudice for God to speak to him in a vision. But when he got there, before he even gave the plan of salvation, the Holy Ghost fell on them. They began to speak in another language. And he said to those that came with them, I know they're Gentiles. I know they, they're not like us, but they've received the same thing that we received on the day of Pentecost. How do they know? Because they heard them speaking in tongues and magnifying God. So the good news is you don't have to wait to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I apologize for taking too much time on this Memorial Day. But I believe that God's going to fill somebody with his spirit right here, right now, today. The spirit of God has been moving. And it has been hype. It has been show. It has been entertainment. God is here. The Holy Spirit is God himself, a portion of himself coming to live on the inside of you. The Bible says if you believe, you should receive. Remember that the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are born, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. I've been preaching this for 26 years, and especially for 22 years traveling the country and Canada. Thank you, Sister Frost. Not an international evangelist, but you know, Sister Frost said, because I went to Canada, amen, that it counts. But for 22 years, I've been asking this question. The Bible says, to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So the question I ask, is God still calling people to salvation? If the answer is yes, if God is still calling, then the Holy Ghost is still falling. You can receive the Holy Spirit today. Can somebody lift up your hands? Come on, that's what the message of Pentecost is all about. <laughs> that's the message of Pentecost. It's uniting. It's dynamic. It leads to salvation. And it's empowering. Hallelujah, hallelujah. 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 That's it. Somebody let the Spirit of God just sweep over you right now. Somebody just surrender to the Lord right now. Somebody just allow God to do what he wants to do. That's not the silly fan that you feel. That's the Spirit of God that's blowing upon your soul. That's the Spirit of God moving right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you. Do what only you can do today, Jesus.
is what we're going to do. Let me get your attention for a moment. This is what we're going to do. We're going to allow God to do what he wants to do in these next few minutes. I know it's 1119. Amen. And I believe that the Lord can work. I'm taking these 40 minutes to get to this place right now to allow God to do what only he can do. I can preach the message of Pentecost. You in the spirit. Now, you can receive the Holy Spirit even before you're baptized. The plan is repentance, baptism, and the Holy Ghost. When the Gentiles believers received the Holy Spirit, they received it before they were baptized. But they still had to be water baptized in Jesus' name because Peter commanded them, amen, to be baptized. But if you are here today and you would like to receive the wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit, you know that you have not experienced what they did on the day of Pentecost. Maybe you've been taught that you cannot receive it. Here's the thing. Most denominations used to say, well, it's only for a select few. Some used to say you're a devil if you allow them. But now, almost all denominations allow speaking in tongues. The largest evangelical denomination in the world allows speaking in tongues. Because they're losing too many people in South America. They said, we got to allow this Holy Ghost to work. One of the greatest Christian authors, Max Licato, received the Holy Spirit last year with the evidence of speaking in tongues. He didn't believe that you can speak in tongues, but the Lord changed his heart. But none of them, nobody receives the Holy Spirit without first believing in who Jesus is. You have to believe in who he is and what he did for you on the cross. If you believe that he is your Savior who died and came alive again, you can receive the Holy Spirit. Then you have to desire the wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit. Nobody's going to force you, but you've got to want to receive his Spirit more than your next breath, more than what you're going to have for lunch, more than that good old barbecue from Sugar Fire. Or, I mean, exactly. You've got to desire more than anything else. And then you must repent. Nobody receives the Holy Spirit without first coming to Calvary and asking the Lord to forgive. Now, you don't have to give the Lord your whole laundry list of this, the sins and the mistakes of your past. He knows everything that you've done. But if you will sincerely ask him to forgive you, the Bible says that if we will confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You don't have to go confess it to Pastor Simonchi. You don't have to go confess it to any minister. You don't have to confess it just to him. And he will forgive you. And then after you ask God to forgive you, you must believe that because of the blood that Jesus Christ shed 2,000 years ago, that he has forgiven you. Because you cannot receive the Holy Spirit while you're still asking God to forgive you. You must repent first, but after you repent, you must accept his grace. Because receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit is not based on your own merit, it's not based on your own work, it's not based on your own ability. It's a free gift. That's why it's called the gift of the Holy Ghost. And so after you repent, then begin to get your focus on Jesus Christ. Forget about the person next to you. Forget about their body odor. Forget about the person crowding you. Forget about the preacher and yakking. Say, preacher, if you just shut up, I'll receive the Holy Ghost. Block everything out of your mind. Just focus on Jesus Christ. Get a picture of him in your mind. One day we're going to see him. But until then, your guess is as good as mine.
but focus on Jesus Christ. And then you begin to praise God. The highest praise you can give God in any language is hallelujah. That means I praise you, Lord. I give myself to you. Amen. Begin to call on his name. You don't have to ask him to forgive you. If you've already asked him to forgive you, begin to praise him. If you've already asked him to forgive you, begin to worship him. You don't worship him to make you. You're not trying to twist God's arm. But you're worshiping him because you believe that he's going to fill you with his spirit. And as you begin to praise the Lord, the spirit of God is going to come near to you. The Bible says from your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. The Holy Spirit is going to begin to flow from your heart. Amen. The Lord is going to begin to take control of your mind. And the last thing is that your words are going to begin to change to what you know how to say. It's not going to be hallelujah. It's not going to be Jesus. It's not going to be anything that you know how to say. But then the Lord is going to give you other words. The Bible says they begin to speak as the Spirit gave them utterance. The Lord's not going to take your tongue and force you. No, he's going to cause you to speak. You just got to surrender. Amen. Hallelujah. You're going to begin to talk to him in another language that he gives you the ability to do so. When that happens, that's just the first sign that the Spirit of God is coming on the inside of you. Does anybody believe that the Spirit of God is about to be poured out? Can somebody shout hallelujah? Can somebody shout hallelujah? So if you believe that, I'm going to ask while the musicians are playing, I'm going to ask all over this house if we would just simply ask God to forgive us. If you want to kneel, if you want to stand, if you want to come to this altar, if you want to sit down, I'm going to ask you just to take a few moments to cleanse our hearts before God, to ask God to cleanse us. Somebody in a sincere way, ask God to forgive you. You don't have to be loud. You don't have to tell everybody. don't need to know your business. But just sincerely ask the Lord to forgive you. Jesus, we believe that you are our Savior. You died on the cross and came alive again so that we can be forgiven and filled with your spirit. We ask you, Lord, I ask you that you created me a clean heart and that you would renew in me a right spirit. Forgive me of my sins, the things that I have done wrong. Cleanse my mind, cleanse my thoughts, my eyes from what I have seen, my ears from what I have heard, my tongue from what I have spoken. Cleanse my attitude, my behavior, my actions, my spirit, my soul. Oh Lord Jesus, let the blood that you shed 2,000 years ago wash us clean today. Forgive us of every mistake. So God, for the things of our past that have kept us we turn to you today. We ask that you forgive us. Oh Lord, we pour our hearts to you. That says somebody just poured your heart to God. Lord, we surrender to you. We can't do it.
But if you have sincerely asked God to forgive you, I want you to begin to thank the Lord for Calvary. I want you to begin to thank Him for His blood. I want you to begin to thank Him for forgiving you right now. Come on, somebody begin to thank the Lord. We thank you, Jesus. You are our Savior. <laughs> we give you praise, Lord Jesus. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for your blood cleansing us, oh God. Can somebody clap your hands and can somebody give God a shout of praise? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You can have an assurance because of the word of God that if you have sincerely asked the Lord to forgive you, he has forgiven you. You don't have to satisfy me with tears and, and wallowing. Some people, they love to see people wallow. But no, that's not what God requires. If you've sincerely asked the Lord to forgive you, he has forgiven you. Don't let condemnation, don't let the devil lie to you and tell you that you're not forgiven. Now, if you feel that you need to continue to repent, these altars are open for you to do so. But if you have sincerely asked the Lord to forgive you, you are forgiven. You are in a position now that you can receive the Holy Spirit. So this is the next call to anybody that is here today that would like to receive the wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit accompanied by speaking in tongues. Not saying that the Holy Spirit has not done a work in your life in the past, but you're here today and you, you know that you have not spoken in tongues as the Spirit of God gives the others. It is for you. The Bible says the Word of God is not a lie. I don't care what theologians said it. I don't care what pastor, preacher said it. Amen. They said it's not for you. That's not true. The Bible says the promises unto you and to your children and to all that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call today, this May 28, 2023, right here at the Apostolic Church of Belleville, you can receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So if you are here today and you've never spoken in tongues, as the Spirit of God has given the utterance, speaking in tongues is not the Holy Ghost. It's just the first sign of receiving the Holy Spirit. But if you want to receive that today, it doesn't matter what your age is. If you're old enough to, I was four and a half when I received the Holy Ghost. As well as my son, my daughter was five and a half. My wife was four. Amen. Praise God. God can do it. Spoken tongues as clear as day. The real deal. I recorded my son. My son, when he was old enough, recorded his sister on video. Speaking in tongues. It's real. Amen. It's for you. It's for your children. If you want to receive it today, I know it's Memorial Day weekend. We're not going to belabor the point, but if you want to receive it, we're going to open up this front. Amen. For anybody that would like to receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, evidenced by speaking in tongues. Now, maybe you're here today and it's been a long time since you've spoken in tongues. You said, Brother Hayden, I've spoken in tongues before, but it's been a while. I'm not talking about since last Sunday. I'm not talking about since last prayer meeting. But it's been a while since you've spoken in tongues. We're going to open up the front. You're not going to have to come up here by yourself. They're going to be ministers, a part of this ministry team. They're going to be some, some altar workers, some prayer warriors, some people who know how to pray. They're going to come with you. They're going to meet you here and pray with you. If you would like to receive the Holy Spirit, or if you want to be renewed in the Holy Spirit, amen, I'm going to open up this front right now for anybody. This is what this is all about today. It's not about celebrating something that happened some 2,000 years ago. Amen. This is a Pentecostal church that believes that it can happen right here, right now. Come on, that's it. Amen. Don't let somebody come by themselves. Come with them. 
Somebody, the Lord is dealing with their heart. The Lord is calling you. Don't let this moment pass you by. If you want to receive it, I want you just to come. Don't pray yet. Don't come and pray yet. Just come and stand. Just come and stand. That's it. That's it. Hallelujah. That's it. Praise God. Thank you for coming. Come on, there are others that are making their way. That's it. Let's make room at the aisles. Come as close as you can. Thank you for coming. Oh, let's clap our hands for those that are coming right now. If there's anybody else. If there's anybody else. Praise God. Amen. That wants to come. Now, at this same time, the same Holy Spirit that causes us to speak in tongues is the same Holy Spirit that can bring healing to your body. If you're here today and you need a healing in your body, I want you to make your way to the altar as well. I want you to come. If you need a healing in your body, praise God. Because the supernatural is the power of God. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming. Anybody else that needs a healing? I'm not a faith healer. I'm not going to be the one to heal you. Jesus is the healer. Hallelujah. Thank you for coming. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. The Lord is about to do a work here today. So let me say this. If you're saying, preacher, my stomach is talking in tongues right now. I'm hungry. I'm ready to eat. I dismiss you to go ahead and have sugar fire right now. But if you are hungry for God, the Bible says those that hunger and thirst at the righteousness shall be filled. And so it's going to happen today. Praise God. So if you remain with me, if you remain with us here today, and you don't need to receive the Holy Spirit for the first time, you've got the Holy Ghost down in your soul just like the Bible says, and you want to see somebody else receive a renewing, or you don't need a healing, but you want to see somebody else receive a healing, if you are staying, I'm going to, I'm going to ask that you be one accord with me right now. Because God wants to do for them like he did for you. Those that come to this altar in humility and faith, God wants to do it for them right now. If you came to this altar and you have never spoken in tongues, you would say, now listen, don't start praying right now. I'm not quenching the spirit. Just let me give some instruction. You have never spoken in tongues. You say, that's me, preacher, but I, I believe God's going to do it for me today. I believe he's going to fill me with his spirit today. Is that why you came down to this altar? I want you just to lift up your right hand. Amen. Lift up, keep your right hand. Amen. Anybody else? You've never spoken in tongues. Amen. Praise God. Amen. We have about seven, eight. Amen. I want you, those that are see, see them with their hands raised, praise God. God is going to do it. Hallelujah. I want you to put your hands down. Now, if you have spoken in tongues, but it's been a while. Since you've spoken in tongues, you came to this altar to get a good old-fashioned renewal. I want you to raise your hands. You have spoken in tongues before, but it's been a while. Amen. Praise God. Just like you came down as a Dodgers fan. You are just like the Lord did it for you two years ago. Now, you're, you're much better than two years ago. Amen. But we all need a good old-fashioned renewal. We're going to have a good time tonight, too. But amen. Anybody else? That's the reason why you came to this altar. Praise God. Now, put your hands down. Thank you for your honesty. Amen. If you came to this altar because you need a healing in your body, that's why you came. But you need a healing. I want you to lift up your hands. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. Oh, hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, you see them with their hands raised. Now listen to me. If you're in the pew and you want to help me to pray with anybody, if you see somebody that just raised their hands, the Bible says, these signs shall follow them that believe. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So I want 
this is what we're going to do. We've already asked God to forgive us. Let me ask you this. Have you sincerely asked God to forgive you? I want everybody to answer that sincerely. Have you sincerely asked God to forgive you? So if you have sincerely asked God to forgive you, you do not have to ask God to forgive you right now. You've already done that. Now you just need to surrender. Just like when you're driving, you come to a yield sign. You got to let that other traffic go before you. Now it's time for you just to yield to God. Whether you need the Holy Ghost or healing, just yield to Him. Praise God. Now I'm going to ask you to lift up your hands all over this house. I'm going to speak the word of faith. And when I say shout hallelujah, the praise team is going to begin to sing a song of faith. There's such faith in this house. Your faith that's connected with the word of God is going to connect with God's faith. And when I say shout hallelujah, I want you to begin to shout hallelujah. And the spirit of God is going to be poured out to those who have never spoken in tongues before. Just focus on Jesus. And as you begin to praise him, other words are going to come. If you're, if you're going to help me pray for somebody to receive the Holy Ghost, I need every minister here today. Hallelujah. If you're praying with somebody, keep your eyes and ears open so that when they begin to speak in tongues, you can confirm it and we can rejoice with them. But when I say shout hallelujah, the Holy Ghost is going to be poured out. Amen. And God is going to feel and refill and he is going to heal. By the authority of the word of God, and by the power of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and by the gift of faith that is in this house, receive the Holy Ghost. Receive a renewing of the Holy Ghost. Receive your healing now. In Jesus' name, can everybody shout hallelujah.